welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Good morning. Uh, It's so good to be here and uh, to be able to share with you this morning and uh, things that, uh, yeah, following on what uh, Rosie talked about last week in terms of finance. And if you didn't catch what she shared, it's definitely worthwhile going back and listening because it's a great overview uh, of the whole issue of finance as uh, talks about in Proverbs. You know, um, Proverbs is just uh, an amazing, amazing book. Uh, You know, Billy Graham used to read every day five psalms and one proverb, and he'd keep going through it and going through it. There's so much wisdom, and I love the title of this series, Wise Up. And uh, so today we're going to be talking about uh, generosity. And actually, it uh, it was an act of generosity that launched me into ministry uh, many decades ago. And uh, I was on a short-term outreach uh, into Italy. We had a team of about 16 people uh, that were down in Italy doing a a month of outreach, evangelism, and everything else in Italy. And when it came for us to drive home, we had three vehicles, 16 people, and we didn't have enough money to get home, which is a little bit of a problem. Uh, when you're in Italy and it's uh, about, I don't know, 1,200, 1,300 miles. And yeah, it's expensive to fill up in Germany and especially if you don't have the money. So we left on this journey and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what will we die on the side of the road in Germany or what will happen? Well, on the journey, literally on the journey, God provided the finance that we needed and I was stunned. I I had a car, I had a house, I had a job, I had everything. But the adventure of actually seeing God provide on the journey launched me into this sense of adventure. Wow, I just love that sense that God can provide. And, uh, and that person that gave the gift, I never knew. Uh, and I, I did meet him, and that's a long story, I'm not going to tell it all. But the sense of what he did actually gave that sense of, hey, God can provide miraculously. And we've, uh, Linda and myself, over the years that we've been involved in different aspects of, of work, and we've seen God's amazing generosity. So I just love the kind of the, the, the launching uh, in Proverbs of chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. And this is in, in the Passion Translation. It says, listen carefully to everything I teach you. Pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deeply uh, in your spirit. You know, it doesn't say fill your thoughts with all the adverts that you watch. It doesn't say fill your thoughts with Netflix. It actually says fill your thoughts. Let there be more thinking and more thoughts going into your mind from God's word than from any other influence in society. And And then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. What great words. Fill your mind, fill your thoughts with his word. And that's the whole thing of Proverbs. Wise up. The information uh, that he gives us there uh, is amazing. And so I want to talk a little bit this morning just about the culture of the kingdom. 
You know, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 talks about the new manifesto as Jesus, as the, uh, as the coming king uh, he brings to his people. And it's a manifesto that is totally alien uh, across uh, what has been seen because weakness is strength. And there's so many things in the Sermon on the Mount. And I believe that, that this part of Proverbs, actually, that we're going to talk about today, is a forerunner, as it were, into this change of culture uh, that Jesus wants to bring. And so we're going to talk about generosity today. And probably one of the main uh, verses is uh, Proverbs 11, 24 to 25. And I'm just going to read that out because, to me, it's just a great example uh, of uh, the teaching that Jesus brings later, but, the, but Solomon brings right into his Proverbs. Um, One person is generous and yet grows more wealthy, but another withholds more than he should and comes to poverty. A generous person will be enriched, and the one who provides water for others will himself be satisfied. Wow, I, I just love, I love that. So you've got two camps, the camp of the generous, one who gives joyously, willingly, and gives extravagantly, and you've got the camp of the selfish. It's not a kind of, well, it's, it's the, the camp of, of the righteous in the Western world, and it's then it's the camp of those that don't have any money in Africa, Asia, or, or Middle East, whatever. But it's actually in the same sort of setting. The camp of the selfish, one who could give, but actually uh, doesn't give, he withholds. You know, as an organization, uh, some years ago, we were raising money for a big project, so we put out the mailing, it went to a lot of people, and uh, we got a phone call from a family who said, hey, my little seven-year-old son would like to donate all the money he's saved in his little jar, and w would you accept, you know, coins? Oh my goodness, would we accept coins? Well, fortunately, we were actually, they were living very close to where, where Linda and I lived, so I went along to meet this little boy that wanted to give uh, a, a bunch of money. And we took somebody that would take pictures, you know, and, and it was such a delight to get this big tub of coins from this little boy whose heart was moved by this project. And his mom was so pleased. And I left with this little pot of money. And probably on that fundraising campaign, we probably raised thousands and thousands of, of pounds and dollars and euros but I only remember this little boy who gave uh, from his heart with great delight. And, uh, and all these years later, I don't remember the people that gave 100000 or 50000 or $20,000 or pounds or euros, but I remember this little boy. And God sees the heart. So we're not talking about if you reach a certain amount of money that you give, then God is blessed. Actually, it's the matter of the heart. In God's economy, you know, there's different values uh, that he looks at. And uh, I, I just believe it's an upside-down kingdom. It's an upside-down kingdom. And uh, there's a 21st century mystic called Misty Edwards who has written just a great song from years ago. I don't know whether words are going to come up. But I'm in love with a king who became a slave. I'm in love with a God who is humble. You've got to go down if you want to go up. You've got to go lower if you want to go higher and higher. You've got to hide and do it in secret if you want to be seen by God. It's the inside, outside, upside down kingdom where you lose to gain and you die to live. 
And I just think that speaks of the culture of the kingdom that Jesus wants to bring here. So which kingdom are we aligned with? It's a question. Are we aligned with the kingdom of this world or are we aligned with the kingdom of God? That's the question that we ask today. Psalm 25, verse 21, in the Passion Translation, says, Is your enemy hungry? Buy him lunch. How about that? If it's somebody you don't like or doesn't get on well with, then buy them lunch. Take them down to McDonald's or Costa's or something and just buy them something because then it carries on in Proverbs 25. Your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience and God will reward you with favour. David Platt uh, kind of a, an American pastor and author wrote this. Paul says in 1 Timothy 6, the key to being free from the deadly nature of wealth and possessions is to give. Give generously, abundantly, sacrificially. Give not because your stuff is bad. Give because Christ is in you. Give because your heart has been captured by a saviour who has produced in you overflowing joy welling up in rich generosity. You know, some cultures really demonstrate generosity. Uh, some time ago, I was with some friends and we were in a, in a particular country and we'd heard stories of, of a, a, an ancient church that used to be in this area and uh, we were trying to find it and we knew it was in a village and uh, we found this kind of area of ruins and we were just trying to wander through these ruins and look for, um, look for any sign that, that this could have been a church back in ancient times. And as we were climbing over all these rocks and everything else, a guy in, in a big land cruiser, like a big you know, Range Rover, pulls up and uh, the guy gets out and wanders over to us and he said, hey, you know, what are you doing? And we said, hey, we're just enjoying, you know, being around in this village and all the rest of it. He said, please come back to my house. Come, come and let, let's have coffee together. Oh, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll definitely come back to your house. So he takes us back to this really big house and uh, takes us into his majlis, into kind of a, a room that's for guests, and, and he produces just beautiful dates and produces coffee, and we think, oh, she's really nice, you know, no cost is locally, so we'll take this coffee, thank you very much. And then he says, please excuse me, just for a few minutes, I just have to nip out. Now, can you imagine, you know, you bring someone into your home and say, I'm just going to pop down the shops, just stay here, no problem, just wait here. And so he goes off for about 20 minutes and we're wandering around, we're actually praying over this place and praying for him and all the rest of it. And, uh, and he comes back after about 20 minutes, after we've had lots of coffee, at most of his dates, and, uh, and just felt, wow, this is just a beautiful place of hospitality. And he said, I, please excuse me, I had a go, because I, I lead the call to prayer at the, at the local mosque, and I have to go and lead that. So he went off, and he did that, and he came back, and then we spent time with him. And uh, it, just this sense of a spirit of generosity uh, that was there. And I could tell stories of driving off into places and people actually feeding you because you, you're into their area and they just want to give you and be hospitable uh, to you. So Randy Alcorn says, God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. Abundance isn't God's provision for me to live in luxury. It's his provision for me to help others live. So God is about providing for us, but it's not just to build us up. It is for others as well. Secondly, you know, lack of generosity exposes actually our love for money. 
You know, one person is generous and yet grows more wealthy, but another withholds more than he should and comes to poverty. So withholding leads to poverty. If we have this sense of money controlling us and just closing everything up, uh, then we're just uh, uh, not going to develop and grow with the spirit that God wants. Take out your wallet. Have you got a wallet with you? Take out your wallet. Take out your wallet. You know, these can be almost the, everyone's sort of looking at that. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's good, okay. You know, a lot of us in our day believe that the ability to experience happiness is directly associated with the contents of this little container. This is where the God mammon lives. And we give this little piece of leather the power to make us feel secure, successful, and valued. So you kind of feel it, you know, it's nice, isn't it? Nice and kind of... And you look inside, yeah, well, there's, oh, there's nice, nice things there. And hey, what about passing it to your neighbor? And then we'll take a collection and you can be as generous as you want from your new friend's wallet. <laughs> no, maybe not. But, but you, know, you know, the sense of materialism where, where this is our security is really uh, living in this culture, the culture of the world, and not in the culture of the kingdom, this upside-down kingdom, where we actually give, not just to receive a blessing, but God blesses those that give. And God does bless amazingly. And thirdly, generosity demonstrates trust. The upside-down kingdom. Father, as, as we just give, we know that you will provide our needs. As we give, as we don't hold on to what God has given us, as we generously give. We're not talking about, oh, it's only for those that are wealthy that can give. Actually, just like this little seven-year-old boy, we can give whatever we can ourselves. And God doesn't say, well, you only gave 3.4%, so I'm not going to bless you. But it's all about the attitude of the heart as to what God will do and bless us. Um, just a, an, an amazing story in 1 Kings 17, uh, 8 to 17. It's not time to kind of read um, the whole story. But this is a wonderful story of Elijah. Now, Elijah declared that there was going to be a drought because the king uh, had disobeyed and was bringing uh, more focus on the gods of Baal than he was of the god of Je- uh, Jehovah. And so Elijah went to the king and said, it will not rain again until... Uh, my word. And so for three years, the heavens were just locked up and, uh, and no, no rain, which meant no food. And Elijah was fed, you know, by a brook and uh, ravens came and, and uh, fed him. Uh, and then that all dried up. And God says, go to a widow in Zarapeth. Now, Zarapeth is by Sidon. You've been to Sidon. Just a beautiful, beautiful city. And uh, it's a great place. But Elijah went there and he found a widow at the, at the beginning of, the, of this little town. This widow was just collecting a few sticks and she was going to make her last meal before she died of starvation with her son. So Elijah goes to her and says, hey, could you give me a drink? And while you're going for the water, would you bake me a loaf of bread? And she says, we don't have anything. I don't have enough. This is the last bit of, me, of oil that I have in flour. And after this is gone, we are going to die. And Elijah said, no, you feed me first, and then God will continue to provide for you. 
And uh, just in the, the, the end of that verse, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always be flour and oil left in your containers until the time the Lord sends rain and the crops go again. She gave to Elijah and then God provided constantly. Every time she, she made another loaf or cooked another meal, there was still more left in the pot. So some time ago, Linda and I were on this team. It was a big team, about 60 people, and uh, we didn't have any money. Literally, we were right out of money. We just had enough, a small amount of money. This is a team of 60, so a big team. Uh, so we just had enough money to pay probably the next month's uh, rents on the places where we were living. But that was it. And so we took this day to pray and fast. And we're asking, God, would you, would you provide? We, we, we have no funds ongoing for food or anything else. And, um, and in the middle of this prayer and fast day, the, we were talking this through. We were doing a Bible study and praying this very scripture passage. And uh, the phone rang. And uh, it was another team in, our, in the same city that said, hey, guys, we are completely out of money. Our rents are due tomorrow. Can you lend us some money? Well, how much do you need? The amount that they needed was the only amount that we had left. And so we thought, we've just been reading this. You give first, and, uh, and then God will provide. So the guy came back into our meeting and said, you wouldn't believe this, but the other team have just asked for the only money that we've got. Could they have it? So we sent over a courier, whatever, with this money, and uh, we're saying, well, okay, Lord, you know, we're, we're studying this passage. What are you going to do? And in the midst of that sense of, oh, my goodness, there was a sense of excitement. Okay, God, we're either going to die of starvation or you're going to provide. And within three days, a team came through the town where we were living. And, uh, and they left this huge gift that more than made up for what we lacked and, uh, and were able to provide. And this sense, the adventure of seeing God uh, provide was something that just stirs faith and uh, keeps us uh, going. Outrageous generosity, I just think, is absolutely uh, incredible. And so it's trust. When God says give, trust him. Because he can provide for you in unbelievable ways. I mean, just look at how Jesus provided some of his tax bills, you know, from the fish. And this sense that, that you don't have to worry because God can provide in miraculous ways. There are so many stories of God even bringing money into people's possession that they had no idea was there in cupboards and all sorts of things. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it is... It is a sense of, as I obey what God has given to me, then God himself uh, will provide uh, for us. What about Malachi 3, uh, verse 10 to 13, where it says, Bring all the tires into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try me. Isn't that interesting? God says, try it. Put me to the test. That's the, I, I, maybe somebody will tell me that there's other way, where's, places in Scripture where God says, test me, try me. But certainly Malachi said, hey, put me to the test, try this, and see if this actually is true and will ha happen. Put me to the test. Okay, vineyard, what's, what luxury do you love? 
What things in your life is that, yeah, I remember um, Rosie talking last week just about, you know, coffee and, and, and going out for coffee and, and just that nice this little extra treat. What treats do you really, really love? Maybe it's a subscription to Sky Sports. Sorry, Aaron, but um, uh, maybe, maybe it is. It's, it's your coffee account at Costas or Starbucks or something else. Maybe it's other things that you love to do. Test the Lord. Whatever you spend on this luxury for one month, give. Carry on spending on this luxury if you enjoy it, but give. Give that amount. If it's $20, 20 pounds, 20 euros, give that amount to a project, to someone else. And just take that and say, Lord, I'm going to te test you. I'm not, I'm not just tr trying to force you to do something, but test the Lord and see how he would uh, provide for you. You know, no Christian will suffer from generosity. And, uh, and th this sense of as you, as you look at your lifestyle and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this amount. Give it to the homeless. Give it to uh, open doors. Give it to other agencies. Give it to people that are involved uh, in homeless ministry. But give and say, God, I'm going to enjoy giving and see how you continue to bless me. What about taking 20 pounds, stick it in your wallet this week and say, Lord, where would I use this? Where would I lose, use this? I was sitting in Costas. I wish we had Costas where we live. But, I, but there was this Costas shop, and I'm in Costas, and I'm enjoying this, this drink. And, and I see outside of the window, I see a young lady selling the big issue. And I thought, you know what? Do I have any cash? Because that's often the problem. You live just on your contactless credit card, whatever. And, and, and I did. I had some cash. So... I went out and I just, I said, I don't need a magazine. I just want to bless you with some money. And I actually found more enjoyment from giving to this young lady than took in my little Costa's, you know, hideout for a, a few minutes. So why don't you have $20, 20 pounds, 20 euros uh, in your wallet and look for ways. How would God allow me to spend this? Maybe it's 100 Pounds. Maybe you have a hundred pounds that you can give to people. A friend of ours, uh, where we work, um, he's wealthy, so it's probably a different standard. But he says he has learned that as as he gives, God in massive ways blesses him. So in this last year, he he says everything I spend on myself, my mortgage or uh, my bills and everything else, by the end of the year, I'm going to give that amount into ministry and, and God has continued to outrageously bless this guy as he has said even my holidays the petrol I put in my car all my expenses over one year I'm giving at the end of the year into ministry where God just stirs my heart so this this sense of uh, giving I mean you know maybe you're in in Costas and somebody comes in just pay for their coffee you know, the person next to you, just pay for their coffee. In some places, you've got a drive through Just give an extra £10 in the drive through and say, I want to pay for the next person's, you know, burger or whatever that's coming behind me. I mean, just do silly things because it's exciting when you see what God does as you release generosity in your heart for his kingdom and God stirs it in you as well. So we're not talking about how much, we're just talking about that spirit uh, of generosity. Carry money to give away in this next week. And then tell the story. 
It's so good when we're here. Uh, what happens when we just step out and do something? It's so good to see what God does uh, with us. Have you given your best or just some of your surplus? Have you given your best or have you given just some of your surplus? So as we kind of come to uh, the close uh, of this morning, what I want us to do, I want us us to pray, uh, I want us to pray for the global church to rise up more and more with a spirit of generosity. Today, there are 79 million refugees. 79 million, more than the population of the UK. 79 million refugees around the world. People that have not wanted to leave, but have had to thought being forced from their home. Let's pray that God would release a spirit of generosity uh, among refugees. And there are refugees in our own community. And there are just this constant flow. And uh, having been into refugee camps and have seen how they're living and everything else, your heart is just broken by the desperate needs there. So pray for us as a church to be generous in reaching out. What about Sri Lanka? What about Sri Lanka? I heard stories this week of children that haven't been to school for four years because there's not enough funds to send them or fuel to fill up their vehicles to get to school. And uh, my heart breaks to think of children. We've got just a a five-year-old granddaughter, and she loves school, and just the sense sense that these people don't have that opportunity. What about Ukraine? God, would you provide all that's needed for the thousands and millions of those that have had to leave because uh, of the war? Can we stand? I just want to lead it in a prayer that God would actually release. I I believe that, that as God is a generous God, he has given his body worldwide the resources that we need to one, first and foremost, to finish the task that every person in this world has an opportunity to hear. Among every nation and every tribe, they will have a chance to hear the good news. I believe the church globally has enough funds to release that. And I believe that God has given the church globally enough to help ministries that are working among refugees. Lord, we bless you as we stand today that you have blessed us immensely. Lord, we've all got stories of of answers to prayer as we've asked you, Lord, to help us with financial issues and all of that, Lord. You have been faithful to us. And as Linda and I stand here, we say, God, over so many years of ministry, you have been unbelievably faithful to us and provided for us and for our children. And uh, Lord, we say thank you. But Lord, release the spirit of generosity. Lord, as Proverbs talks about, uh, Father, among the global body of your people, that funds would be available to reach out into the communities, into nations and areas, especially that are war-torn. Lord, thank you because you are no man's debtor. When, when we individually and as a church, and as a global church give, Lord, you, we can trust you to give back to us all that we need for us to continue to serve you. So we bless you today, Lord, and thank you. Thank you for your word, this upside-down kingdom, Lord, where we're able, Father, to look not at our strength but our weakness because when we are weak, we are strong in you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. 
Why not come along and visit us? We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.